You're listening to Passing Notes, discussions on education in Danville, the official podcast of the Danville Public School System. Raising a child in today's world is difficult and can be a little bit complicated. So every week, we'll discuss hot-button topics that they didn't teach you about in school with advice from regional experts and people just like you. Thanks for tuning in, and here's your host, Dr. Angela Harrison. All right. Hi, everyone. I am Angela Harrison, superintendent here in the Danville Public Schools. Every day, our teachers are working, uh, working so hard, incredibly hard, to help our students and move our students forward so that they are college and career ready, successful, productive uh, citizens uh, in, in our city and, and, and far beyond. But oftentimes, we, we have barriers. There are things that happen uh, in life. Uh, that keep our children from the success we know that they so deserve. And so today we're here to, um, to just talk about some of those things, uh, give some tips, and certainly acknowledge the greatness that uh, is, is in every, every child. Um, we have here today Brandon McCall, and I'll tell you I had an opportunity to um, see part of, of, of Brandon's presentation to a group of students and I was so inspired um, by his story and about uh, the things that he uh, is able to share with our youth and so welcome welcome Brandon and thank you for joining us today. Oh, most definitely thank you all for having me and I'm very grateful to be here. And I, I know your mom is proud and, and your parents are proud of, of, of you and, and all that uh, you do to, to help our youth and Part of our series here with Passing Notes today is really to kick off and, and talk about, speak to relationship building, how we overcome certain things in our lives and how we move forward and the influences that other people have on us, uh, advice that you give, and certainly share other uh, tips uh, for our parents and community members and our teachers. So Brandon, you have an interesting story. What, what led you to become a motivational speaker and and, uh, and, st- and begin your work with, with our youth? Oh, for sure. Well, uh, I, again, my name is Brandon McCall. I am a, a husband and a father of four. And uh, they, uh, my family is very, very supportive of me and living out my dream. Um, and what got me kind of on this journey was uh, honestly at eight years old in third grade, I had a teacher named Ms. Sheets. Uh, so I, I guess I should preface it by saying I, I moved from Roanoke to Raleigh, North Carolina. That teacher, Miss Sheets in third grade, she uh, she took me aside and she asked me what did I want to be when I grew up? And I told her that I wanted to be uh, a speaker. And she leaned in and she said, how can you be a speaker if you can't read? And wow. I was like, well, I'll just get someone else to read for me. Wow. And it was, it, I wasn't trying to be a smart, you know, a smart aleck or anything right, like that. Right. I just, that's, that was just my conditioning. And I, the next thing I remember is I had to repeat the third grade again. Wow. And um, and what Ms. Sheets, uh, I guess what she was trying to convey to me was, I knew how to read, I just had a comprehension issue. Right. And, um, and I remember feeling down, I felt like a failure at eight years old. And I remember not wanting anyone else to feel the way I felt at eight years old. And uh, it kind of led me on this journey to help other people. I wanted to help students from eight years old on up. Uh, just wanted to help people not feel the way I was feeling at the time. And that kind of led me on this journey. I instantly became that kid giving other kids advice during school <laughs> at the lunch table. Everybody's kind of sitting around me. And I'm like, yeah, man, you know, you should really try to do this. I was that guy. Yes. Just, 
you know, just trying to give everybody that different perspective. So it's been one of those things that kind of ingrained, that was ingrained in me at an early age, at eight years old. Um, and from there, it kind of just took off. And so, Brandon, when you're speaking to our young uh, people, our youth, uh, what, what, what message are you sharing? And, and I know that you um, uh, came along and you were giving advice to your peers and influencing, influencing their behavior. But now you're, you're this motivational speaker. Uh, you're, you're, you're sharing the message, um, believe in yourself, move forward. But what are you sharing with them specifically? Uh, specifically, uh, it's a message of hope. Um, failure does not mean it's the end. Uh, again, like I, I failed many times in life, uh, in, in, in many different aspects of life, uh, but failure doesn't mean that it's the end. Uh, I, I truly always tell anyone that I'm working with um, is to always be growing. It's a never ending process. <laughs> uh, my, my grandmother, when she was still alive, she would always make sure that she uh, planted seeds of uh, love and gratefulness in me um, which let me know that she never quit. She, she was always growing and always trying to push us. Um, and that's something that I try to relate to students in every walk of life, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, always continue to grow, always be growing. And so many of our children, um, I, I, I call it resilience, you know, whether it's on the basketball court or in the classroom, um, oftentimes uh, they, they run into a brick wall or they feel it's a brick wall. It's really not a brick wall. It's just a, a temporary barrier and, and they give up. They get so angry and they give up and, and they, um, what, what do you think is behind that? Um, honestly, uh, it's, a new, it's a new day and age. And uh, now uh, there's less for us to work towards uh, if that makes sense in this in this new generation, uh, I know when I was growing up, it was always like, "Hey, we got to get to the next level. We got to yes. get to the next level. We got to get yes. to the next level," to you know, please this person or please that person. But that's not the mo now for these students. Um, me personally, I believe that we have to get to the to the bottom of most students' uh, their motive. Like, what is your motive in life? What is your passion? What are you really trying to get out of this life? And uh, that gives us the ability to kind of work with them to keep them motivated. Like I said, me, I had a very, very early age. I wanted to make sure that no one else felt like how I felt. Absolutely. I felt like I was discarded. I felt like I was pushed to the side. I felt like I was held back from my friends. And I didn't want anybody to feel that way because I know how it felt. That was my motive. That was my passion. That, that's what drove me. And I feel like having these conversations with these uh, with the students that are in, in school today, figuring out what their drive is, what their motive is, what their passion is, gives us the tools to help them get further and, and ahead in life. How can your friends, you you, you sound like you were um, more than likely a very good friend, a terrific friend. Um, you know, probably some uh, young men and women are thinking to themselves, I should have listened to him in fourth grade and middle school, but, but how do friendships influence uh, behavior? And when you find yourself, you, you're watching someone and, that, and that's your friend, and you know they're going down that wrong path, what do you do as, as a young person to help them and support them? Honestly, it's really tough because it's almost like uh, environment pressure and peer pressure at the same yes. time. Um, I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of drugs, alcohol, abuse, uh, you know, murders and things like that surrounded around me. Um, 
And uh, I honestly think that you have to be a strong individual who knows exactly what it is that they want to, what they don't want to do <laughs> and, and be able to be that light in the midst of darkness in some situations. I've had some of my close friends, you know, pass away, overdose on drugs. My, my best friend, which was my brother, he committed, uh, uh, committed a murder um, when I was 14 years old. And, you know, I lost him out of my life for 15, uh, almost, almost 20 years, honestly. Right. Um, and it's just one of those things to where, like, you kind of have to, you have to balance yourself. You have to make sure you're taking care of yourself, being an individual leader versus being a, uh, a wandering follower. Honestly, I, I won't say that it's easy because it is hard, but you honestly have to find good people that you can surround yourself with in the midst of the environment that you're in. And I appreciate you sharing that. Oftentimes, we, uh, when we reach a point in life, we we uh, want people to forget, or we want to forget a lot of things that we went through uh, as young as young individuals and had to overcome. And and children oftentimes see us, uh, you know, as that uh, untouchable. Uh, they they're not thinking that in, in the wildest dreams that we've gone through the same kinds of things that they've had to go through or they're going through it currently and I, and I appreciate that and so that resilience that willingness to to be different that willingness to be different and oftentimes I hear from children and students I'm different I want to learn I want to do these kinds of things are there avenues that we can direct them to such as the boys and girls club or things that you saw in your community and I see right here in our community that can support them so for me I, I cling to uh, teachers and principals Great. <laughs> uh, and, and I knew I didn't want to be you know a teacher or an administrator or anything like that oh, but no. I, I tried <laughs> it was just for me I was look I I asked one of my, my teachers the other day, and he said, hey, Brandon, I was, you know, we were in passing. He said, Brandon, you're always a good kid. You wasn't a good student, but she was always a good kid. <laughs> um, but I, I learned how to glean from adults. And, you know, maybe I didn't want to go down there exactly, but I wanted to find little pieces of them that I could kind of, like, help build myself up. Um, now, in this day and age, you know, we have the, the Internet at our fingertips. Yes. Yes. I would tell kids, hey, look up personal development things. See how you can develop yourself, develop your mindset, develop your your awareness. You know, and that's what I do with my children. Talk to my kids about awareness. Talk to them about mindset. Talk to them about skill set. Um, there's a there's a, a hip hop rapper. His name is Big Sean, and he said a lot of times his back up is up against the wall just to see how much he has grown, which gives the opinions like your back is always going to be against the wall in some situations. But look at how much over the time frame that you've been uh, working toward your goal, your dream. Like we said about sports earlier, you know, as soon as you pick up a basketball or a football, you're not going to know everything automatically. It's just about that growth and development. Um, there are places like Boys and Girls Club, um, after school programs, 21st century. I know we have that here at Roanoke. But a lot of times you can get it from the guy, you know, at the cash register at the store. When he says you're welcome after you say thank you, that's something Absolutely. to clean from. You right. can get it from the principals when they're saying good morning to you. You can say good morning back. That's something to glean from. Uh, that's what I tried to do because I didn't have many positive role models in my life growing up. <laughs> but, you know, I try to glean from whoever I could. Uh, white, black, Spanish, it doesn't matter. You know, I just Absolutely. try to glean from good, hardworking people, good, loving people. Um, I did find mentors when I were in high, was in high school, though, who kind of really invested into me, which was awesome. So. 
you know, here we, we really push mentors, um, and some of our teachers are mentors. I'm disappointed that you were not, uh, uh, you didn't want to become a teacher. I'm, I'm disappointed. <laughs> Well, Actually, I teach. I teach. Uh, you teach you know, in a different way. <laughs> but the traditional, the traditional setting for teaching uh, yeah. wasn't in the cards for me. Yeah. I, I I feared college so much, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh," you know. But maybe one day I, I'll go back and get, <laughs> get my teacher certificate. <laughs> Absolutely, and you would be a powerful uh, person in the classroom if you ever decided to do that. Our mentors are here, and this is some are teachers, uh, some are faith based. Some of our mentors are, are business um, individuals. They come from all walks of life. Uh, some work in, in different capacities. Uh, uh, some are, are teenagers. Uh, some of our high school students, we have this phenomenal uh, young man at our high school is a senior, and you'd think he was 30 years old or, or even older. He's such a wise individual who uh, mentors our young, uh, young individuals. What advice would you give our mentors um, based on what you experienced? Um, honestly, you know, I, I will, I will honestly say, just use your experiences and use your stories as a communication to the next generation. Uh, me personally, sometimes I'm just brutally honest with the kids that I work with, depending on their state of mind, um, what they're doing, what they're going through. I, I'm like, hey, let's. I went through this, and I went through this, and this was my outcome. You know, I can kind of hope, you know, coach you and guide you through this thing if you want me to. And if you don't want, I can just still be there for you on the sidelines. It's, you know, you know, kind of exactly. like, you know, encouraging you, applauding you, but it's really up to you. I want to help you as much as possible. Uh, and honestly, that works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes kids just need to vent. A lot of times we as adults, we forget that children are people as well. <laughs> and they have that ambivalent feeling to where they can't, you know, put all their emotions into one emotion and be like, hey, I'm feeling this way. Sometimes it's up and down and turn around and flip flop and, you know, mixed up and in and out. And I think sometimes they just need a, a ear and a shoulder to, you know, to lean on and hear them talk. So for any mentor that's out there, I just I would I would focus on those two things primarily. I would also say to any other mentors, work on yourself. Make sure that you're able to make sure that you're prepared going into and this is for teachers as well. Make sure that you're prepared going into these environments because it can weigh on you. Trust me, I, I know it can weigh on you. Hearing some of these stories, dealing with some of these students. One of my students uh, that I had in 2017, he got killed yes, uh, day before yesterday. Oh no! Oh. And and it hurt, you know, really hard. And then I found out after talking to my mom about it that he was actually my cousin, my third cousin. Wow. So, you know, you know, having that, you know, that there, you know, that, that takes a toll on you and takes a toll on your family. So make sure that you're personally developed as well to handle these situations with students and things like that. I would tell, you know, any mentor, any teacher, administration, like, hey, make sure that you're coming in prepared um, for that for sure. Absolutely. And sounds like um, because our mentors, they, they, they grow close to our students, our teachers mm -hmm. as well. Some of our teachers spend hours and hours and that emotional toll when um, when a student uh, decides to go in another direction, it's, it's a lot. And we've heard uh, from nearly every guest on this podcast that listening is so important. I think we want to oftentimes tell children, you know, as we would uh, directing them to solve a math problem. We want to direct them 
in their life's uh, issues, and oftentimes uh, they they put up a barrier because we're not listening. We're just uh, one uh, gentleman described it. We're waiting to respond, so we're not really listening. We're just waiting. Uh, to give a response and turn them in our direction. So thank you for reminding people that listening is so incredibly important. And sounds like to me that you are a great friend, a great mentor, great husband, great dad, great son, and a great grandson. And you have really um, been able to demonstrate um, resilience and, and what it's like to go through some challenges and, and come out on the other. And it's not just failing a course or missing an assignment. These are major challenges that uh, you have had to, uh, to overcome. So giving our counselors, our guidance counselors advice, when you think about teachers and mentors, what can guidance counselors do, or even superintendents like myself, what can we do to ensure that we create a platform for children uh, to be more successful when they're, they're going through challenges? Uh, I did a speech a couple years ago for a group of counselors here in Roanoke City. And um, the crux of the, pe the speech was, uh, trauma is much like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. And some things that may be traumatic to me may not be traumatic to someone else mm -hmm. and having a having a baseline for students to kind of like come in and be themselves in your school or in your in your office as a counselor gives them that ability to, you know to kind of open up and I think that's the biggest thing that we struggle with today you know I I'm you know in my thirties and I still go to counseling and my counselor is like, Hey, is this a safe environment for you right now? And I'm like, yes, it is. Yes. You know? And, you know, I think that that's one thing that, um, you know, we struggle with as a school system across the nation is do our students feel safe walking into not just physically safe, but emotionally safe walking into our school system or into our school buildings and or into our school offices. Um, I've seen some counselors, I've worked with some counselors who students say, you know, she's not my counselor, but I feel safe in her office. Absolutely. He's not my counselor, but I feel safe in his office. Um, I, my counselor growing up uh, was uh, a lady, but my counselor that I went to was my mentor, you know, and he was actually my, my at the time, my girlfriend's counselor. You know? Okay. And uh, he's seen me more than he's seen my girlfriend. <laughs> you know? So, but you know, I think having that safe environment for them to come in uh, to is is kind of like the, the fundamental and the foundation of everything. Um, like I said, also being relatable. There's some stories that students need to hear from people like us. Yeah, that makes them relatable. And, and it, you know, it could be spread throughout the whole entire, you know, school or whatever, but it's like, nah, you know, I went through this, you're going through this, but let's mean you have this conversation. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's one thing that opens up the door for everything. Communication is key. Um, and I think you had a second part to that question. I'm sorry, I think I kind of passed over. And, what was the and, and, and advice for superintendents. I mean, administrators, principals, and, and counselors, what, what do, what's our role in supporting children? And, if uh, I could be, if I could be honest with you, be honest. I have thick skin. That's okay. <laughs> I've been in mentorship. I've been in leadership, and to me, I believe the more you're present, the more you show your face, 
as a principal, as a superintendent, the more you show your face, the more you are relatable. Shaking Absolutely. hands, kissing babies, like everything. Like <laughs> if you're in the lunchroom, you sit down and eat lunch with the kids because it, it just makes you feel like, you know, it makes you feel like you're 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 a part of the the you know a part of the crowd. I had a superintendent Absolutely. when I was in eleventh uh, grade. Um, I believe his name was Thomas. Last name was Thomas. Superintendent Thomas, and um, he, uh, you know, I was a, a part of the football team. He came up to me. He was like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" I'm like, "I'm doing good." He was like, "Hey, do you mind running to my car and getting this bag out of the back?" And I was like, "Yeah, like, sure." <laughs> he gave me his keys, you know, but it made me feel like I was like, oh, yeah. I got the keys to the car. You know, it was a Mercedes too, and I'm like, "Yeah." You know? <laughs> and I will never forget that experience. And Absolutely. I think that's some things that like a lot of times we we come in as the authoritative figure, as the principal, as the teacher and things like that. But, you know, we want the students want to know that you're human, too. So it's just like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Like, you know, you good? It's that one on one conversation. And, I, and I've been around some, you know, some principals who will hide themselves, lock themselves in an office, hide underneath the paperwork and not know the community that they're in. So. Um, I would say get out and, and start shaking hands and, uh, you know, campaigning almost. Like, just go out campaigning, like kissing babies and, you know, rubbing shoulders with people. So, And thank you so much for that because children need to know that you're a real human being and that you probably, you know, I grew up in this area. I grew up in, in Danville and the city, or right outside the city of Danville. And I can tell you that things have changed significantly, but knowing the students, knowing the community and um, and being able to talk uh, and speak with students uh, from that level is so important. Brandon, you are just phenomenal. I, I tell you, I'm, I, I am proud. You're not my son, but I am proud. I wish you were. You are, I'm, I'm so proud of you and um, all that you have to share. So if you had to lead, uh, leave us with a couple of points to think about as a community, we own our children here. We we love our children. Uh, we have so many support systems. But if you had to say uh, to our community, leave us with a couple of thoughts. What, what would they be? Um, I would say it takes a village to raise raise a child, um, and it takes a community to raise a community. That's kind of one of my stamps uh, that I that I usually tell you know everyone. And then also I would say you know always be growing. Like I said earlier, growing is a never ending process never ending process we all we all can get better we can all can we all can do better and growing starts with listening and learning so um, listen learn so you can grow thank you so much for joining uh joining me uh today and uh taking uh, taking the, the the attitude that it takes a village the community has to learn and grow and we must listen we've heard that over and over again listen and not discount uh, what our children a need and a going through. And again, I'm so very proud of you and I'm so thankful that you were able to join me today. And I'm so glad I saw you on television uh, <laughs> um, for your segment. And, and I hope that you're able to come to our city soon and speak to our youth and spend some time with our youth. Best wishes oh, sure. and, and I, I really wish you well on your journey. Thank you. I appreciate it, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Passing Notes. We hope that this discussion has been informative and helpful, and we encourage you to take your notes and pass them on.
We'd like to thank Brandon McCall for joining us today and for giving us, our students, and our parents some valuable advice for someone who's been there. Remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and tune in next week. Until then, we'll see you in the halls.